All right. Welcome, Giants fans, to our inaugural episode of Facing the Giants. I am one of your hosts, Josh Lewis, and joining me today is my co-host, Tyler McGurk. How are you doing, Tyler? I'm doing well. I'm super excited. I woke up just ready to talk some San Francisco Giants. I don't do it enough, and when this opportunity arrives, I was like, let's do this. I'm excited. Yeah, we were we were both up super early. We uh, were ready to rock uh, talking about our Giants. Both of us are huge Giants fans, obviously. Both of us rocking the jerseys and everything this morning. Uh, and so we just wanted to share our love of the Giants. And so uh, if you're joining us and you're not a fan of the Giants, that's okay, too. Uh we're just going to talk about the Giants all the time. So, <laughs> uh, but hopefully you learn a little something, even if you're not a Giants fan and uh, you get in, engaged uh, with our favorite team. And uh, just a shout out, we're on a variety sports network. Uh, Tyler and I both have other shows on this network as well uh, that you guys can check out. We'll talk a little bit more about those later. Uh, but just to kick us off, I did want to play uh, our trailer that we made, mostly because it makes me feel like I can run through a brick wall when I watch it. Uh, it just it gets me excited, and so uh, we'll throw the trailer up there uh, just to kind of introduce you guys to what we're going to be doing here on this show. The San Francisco Giants, the New York Giants, the New York Gothams, 140 seasons, 23 National League pennants, 8 World Series, 29 Hall of Famers, 11,382 wins, the most all time. Welcome to Facing the Giants, a San Francisco Giants podcast celebrating and covering one of the most historical franchises in Major League Baseball. Join Josh Lewis and Tyler McGurk of Variety Sports Network as they break down the historical franchise from a fan's perspective. From Christy Mathewson and Mel Ott to the GOAT Willie Mays to Buster Posey. They are bringing all their Giants knowledge to bear to bring you guests and insights into highlights, opinions, previews, and more. This is your one-stop show for engagement with fans who bleed orange and black. So hit that subscribe button, follow VSN Baseball on YouTube, to make sure you don't miss any of the weekly episodes of Facing the Giants. First episode drops March 25th. We'll see you then. All right. I have not gotten enough of that trailer yet. Have you? Like, <laughs> no, I, it makes me want to clap and say, let's go Giants every time I hear it. And it comes to an end. I love oh my it. gosh. I, did you put that whole thing together? Very I, so I did. So I had kind of the vision for it, but shout out to uh, Logan Stone, who has been a big part of Variety Sports Network. You'll see him on seventh inning stretch sometimes. Um, we'll probably have him on this show uh, occasionally, but uh, he put together kind of all the clips. I kind of gave him the vision, like he kind of, Hey, here's what I'm wanting. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I want to do. And then he put together all the clips. He's super talented in, in the, uh, video editing, uh, realm. And so he put that all together. So shout out to Logan for doing all that. But, yeah, um, awesome. so yeah, so that was fun fact. That was the first, like, baseball cheer quote unquote that my kids learned like they it was that 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 rhythm that rhythmic clapping for the for the let's go giants uh we were at a different 
uh, spring training game yesterday and they uh, stole it. Uh, but they, they used that, uh, and they were saying, let's go, uh, Oakland. We were at an Oakland days game, but, uh, they kind of stole it and said, let's go Oakland. But my kids knew the clap. Like they they were, it was awesome. It's probably the first like baseball cheer that they, that they know. But, um, so yes, we are, I am definitely imparting my giants fan up on fandom onto my kids. But on that note, I just wanted to kind of give everybody a little bit of background on Tyler and I obviously we're big Giants fans and there's kind of some story that comes with that so I want to Tyler you you start you can tell your story and then I'll tell mine like how did you become a Giants fan how how like why do you like the Giants like those sort of things like explain your Giants fandom to somebody who might not know yet uh it was almost like a birthing right I was my dad just like you are to your kid just into it and into instilled it in us and it is something i remember going to my first game in 93 it was the marlins first season in existence i got chuck Carr's autograph and i saw barry bonds for the first time and awesome there's nothing like watching barry bonds play baseball nothing like watching barry bonds play (laughs) baseball um this he made me fall in love with baseball i idolized royce clayton because in little league i played yeah I wore the number 10. I wore my socks high. So That's awesome. I always like those were like my two favorite players. And then going forward, I just, the Giants have had my heart since. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I was not born a Giants fan. Uh, so you've got that kind of going for you that I don't, I grew up in. Well, that's right. Hold on. That's almost better because like you made an active choice to become a fan of this team, which I kind of take more. Like, I, I, I did. That more is- in a way. That is very true. It was definitely childlike, though. So, like, what happened was I so I grew up in Southern California. So I have a lot of uh, family and friends that are Dodgers or Angels fans. And I grew up from like maybe ten minutes from Angels Stadium. And so I was very much exposed to uh, the Angels. The first ball game I ever went to was Nolan Ryan when I was really young, uh, obviously tail end of his career, but, um the but that was my first uh ball game that that my dad took me to and so i have been exposed to the angels a lot like just going to lots of angels games and 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 whatnot and so the angels and everybody will know who i'm talking about had this player playing first base for them uh with the number six of jt snow and he uh started out with the angels and then he moved from the angels to the giants and that was the same year that like it kind of all like the the stars were aligned for me to become a giants fan because jt snow who was my favorite player moved to the giants and so it was also the year in little league where i played for the giants and wore number six and played first base so (laughs) it kind of all like just kind of aligned and or i love first base i didn't always play first base i I moved around but first base was my favorite position at the time and so i just latched onto the giants and have been a giants fan ever since and it also didn't hurt anything that i loved being the rebel in my family of uh dodgers fans to kind of stick it to them and uh just root against them so that was a blast uh but it ran deep real quick man i like i'm i'm with you i like all my kids know that we don't cheer for the dodgers ever um and that uh the so we'll still we'll still root for the angels in the american league here and there because they're our hometown team but uh no we're we bleed orange and black now and uh, that is kind of, um, I, I mean, the, when my wife was marrying me, that was 
a discussion like <laughs> that, that, Hey, you're marrying into this fan. Cause she didn't really follow baseball at all. Uh, yeah. and so it's like, Hey, we're, we're, this is, this is a thing. This is going to be a thing. Like this is, this is uh, a big deal in <clears throat> my life. So, um, so anyway, so that's cool. That's, that's kind of where we're coming from. Uh, hopefully you guys have uh, similar fun stories that are listening to the show, but, uh, we did want to touch on one thing. You don't have to have like some super big, like, story to get into the giants if you like the giants you're welcome here all right like you yeah. don't have to all inclusive exactly exactly if if you like the giants even if you just love baseball and you don't even have a favorite team like you're you're welcome here obviously we'll talk a lot of giants but we talk a lot of baseball too uh because we just love the game and so uh, uh we are giants fans but i think both i think i'm safe to say both of us are also realists we also do yeah. <laughs> look at things like okay like do we want the Giants to go 162 and 0? Of course. But obviously that's not going to happen. Like let's be real here. Like we are going to be real in this show. Uh but if if you like the Giants at all, we're not going to gatekeep you or anything like that. Say like, "Oh, you haven't liked the Giants your entire life. You can't be here." Like, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Join us for however long you've loved the Giants or loved baseball. Be here, enjoy it, uh and join us for this. So, uh that being I Oh, sorry. I have one quick question about you. You mentioned JP from Angels in the Outfield before we even got on this podcast. Yes. How much, uh -huh. in growing up 10 minutes from Angel State, how much did that movie, I've been a little off topic, sorry, but how no, much no, no, did that movie good. affect people where you lived, like, as baseball fan? Because it was kind of big where growing up. It, looking at your age, it's like the It was pretty, match. yeah, it was pretty huge. And um, it... It was. It does have almost kind of a cult following in Southern California. I'm not gonna lie. Like it. Mm -hmm. It does. Like there are huge fans of that movie. Um, I will say, like it is. I was in the minority. I. It is literally one of my least favorite baseball movies ever. And oh, really? yeah. So and and, and <clears throat> it, yes, getting off topic a little bit. But here's why. The brief thing is, I hate the baseball scenes in it. Like it's like it's almost like they had no baseball consultant whatsoever yeah. because like Tony Danza as the pitcher is like he's throwing a different windup every single pitch and like just <laughs> there's no consistency <laughs> to his windup at all. Uh, just some of the some of the plays like uh, Matt, like there's super like baby face Matt McConaughey in there playing the outfield. And I'm just like, have you ever played outfield before? And yeah. it's just there's the baseball scenes in it really, really bothered me. And so like, I, I never really got into it other than it is a cool story. It's fun. Like it's, uh, it, like I do like JP obviously. And, and yeah, the, yeah. it can happen. Uh, line is one of my it's favorite lines. Like, yeah. I, I love that line. Um, and so I, I like that aspect of it. It, and I like, I like the storyline and all that. It's just the baseball scenes just really bug me in that movie. So, yeah, it. But yeah, to answer your question, yes, it it definitely had a huge following in Southern California, especially, and um, they had the uh the Anaheim Angels uh logos and stuff like that with the wing on it and all that sort of stuff on the A, and um, so yeah, it was it was huge. It, it was a big deal. So, uh, yeah, the baseball stuff. You're right. The part where the remember the part where the pitcher goes such again. That's again, like he's boxing, like, he <laughs> yes, around which I, I can't, I can't, I'm blanking on that actor's name, but he's, he's a phenomenal actor. Like I love him in every, he's oh, always like the guy in the penis, pianist, Adrian Brody. Um, is it Adrian Brody? No, not Adrian, Adrian Brody. Brody. He's, um, he plays dumb, dumb Dugan, Dugan in, uh, Captain America. Um, 
with the big know, like handlebar know. mustache. It's the same guy. Okay. Um, but anyway, I like I'm totally blinking on his name. That's gonna bug me. But it's when he, obviously it's when he was really really young. But uh, he's older now and he's a phenomenal actor. Like I love him. But it just yeah, you look back. Same with McConaughey. I like McConaughey. But like you look back and you're just like, man, and the center like, that fielder. Was, yeah, that was just not a not a well made baseball movie. <laughs> like they didn't teach these guys anything. Um, all right, so before we get too far uh, down the road into our preview of the season here and getting into our giant stuff, um, we are gonna pay some bills here. So let's hear from our row one brand here, real quick. Let's be honest, you're here because you love sports. We love sports too, and our friends over at Row One Brand love sports as much as we do. Row One Brand sells sports wall art, sports gift watches, and vintage apparel with ornamental designs created from real game ticket stubs and vintage sports memorabilia in their collection. If you want some vintage Golden State Warriors memorabilia, they have that too. It's a sports collector's dream website for anything sports related. Go over to one, rowonebrand.com to check out their great inventory. And when you use the promo code BSP15, you'll get 15% off any item on the whole site. That's code BSP15. 15% off any item on the site. So click on the link below and go check them out. Low Run Brands, America's best vintage sports art, sports gifts. Their stuff is really sick. I haven't bought it's anything phenomenal. yet because I gotta I gotta have space for it. But <laughs> but it's so so good. Uh it's it's really, really cool. So go check them out. Uh that was our board our boy Darren, uh your co-host for uh Fat Boy Fadeaway. And uh, he'll be on this show at some point uh, to, to talk about his A's, unfortunately. But uh, he'll uh, he'll jump on here uh, when we do some of our uh, weekly previews and stuff like that. So just to throw it out there, just to kind of give you guys an idea of what we're going to be doing, we'll be looking at kind of the weeks past. Uh, we'll be here every Saturday morning. Uh, we'll do kind of a, a weekly review, kind of look at the week, who's doing well, who's not, what things that we noticed, stuff like that. Uh, but then we'll also talk about uh, some of our um, just like <laughs> Taryn's in the comments already. What an ad. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll talk about uh, the week coming up. Who are they playing this week? Kind of preview uh, different things happening. Uh, and then we're going to have some special things that Tyler and I just love to do. So Tyler's going to be talking about some uh, just stats-driven stuff and uh, whether it has to do with the Giants or just what happened in baseball that in, in the week in general. Um, and we'll talk about uh, – I'll talk about more kind of history. That's kind of my thing. I love history. I love Giants history uh, and stuff like that. And so we'll be touching on that. Uh, each week as well and um well so we'll jump into kind of different issues and then we'll also talk about uh just the sport in general and kind of the giants place in it but also like happenings around the league that affect the giants all that sort of stuff um and so uh without further ado let's jump into that a little bit uh in terms of kind of just our season preview. Like what, what are we looking at for 2023 and um, what are we excited about? What are we iffy about? Like what are, what are kind of our thoughts on the season going forward? Uh, so let's back up a little bit, Tyler. Let's go, let's start out with kind of off season. We, we finished at uh, 81 and 81. It's like, it's like roadkill. Like you just don't like being stuck in the middle. We finished third into the division. Um, how, how did last season finish for you? Like, how are you feeling going into the off season? And uh, what did you think of kind of the off season that we did have? Because it was a roller coaster, man. Like, it was emotional. Like, it what, was a what, lot. That's for no, sure. What, what are we thinking here for the Giants off season? 
So based on last season, it didn't feel like an 81 and 81 season. I said it on seventh inning stretch. It felt like a 70 and 90 something season. They didn't play very well. They got hot down the stretch to make it 81 and 81. Yeah. And moving into the offseason, they did what they tried. They kind of have had this issue before uh, acquiring a superstar bat. They went <laughs> yeah. after Judge. They offered him the world. But nobody's leading the Yankees in their prime that is outside of Robbie Cano. Like, and we saw how that worked out. Robbie Cano doesn't have the same name he had Fell off when he was a Yankee. Like, yeah. He, it, if he stayed with the Yankees, maybe you think of Robbie Cano as a little bit of a different player. You probably do, actually, because he would have been in bigger games, bigger moments. So yeah. I didn't think Judge was ever going to leave the Yankees. I didn't really buy into it. I thought they were going to go after him, and they did. So I appreciated that from Farhan. Yeah. And then the Carlos Correa. What could be – I think it's actually going to be a saving grace. I don't think it was a good contract even when they signed him. I think yeah. he's a good player, but 10 years is just too much. Yeah. For a guy, especially once they got the physical back, and he's just—he's a good player. He's not a superstar. Yeah. He would have yeah. been okay. And then we go, we get Haniger, who's a good player when he's healthy, but he's—he's not healthy already. Like he's already banged up, and we <laughs> don't know what we're getting. We signed Conforto to a two-year deal, who didn't play all last year with a shoulder issue. The shoulders acting up again. So there, yeah. oh, this could go haywire. It could work out. It all depends on health, like baseball does a lot of the time. You lose Rodon, <laughs> right. which is normal. I didn't expect us to bring back Rodon once he opted out. Yeah. I like what we did in the offseason, what we tried to do. We actually yeah. put in our due diligence. I can't complain about it. I just it, I don't know where this team's going to go. And I think that's the exciting part about it. We have a lot of guys who can play well, but will they? It, right. That's not a sure <laughs> thing. So like, I'm excited. They, yeah, they do the, they do what the giants do. Like I, I turned to my wife one week and I'm like, the giants are just gianting. Like they just, <laughs> they just, yeah. they, they do what they do. It doesn't, it's weird. Like it's, it's almost like it doesn't matter who the GM is. I know Farhan got a lot of hate over the last like year and a half, but like it, it almost doesn't matter who the GM is. Cause we've seen this for years of mm -hmm. like the, the giants are, they struggle to get a superstar, but they they put good pieces together. And like, yes, yeah, sometimes it ends up with years where they're in dead last, but then some years it ends up where they're at 107 wins, like they were a couple years ago. Um, and so it I I do feel like there is a um I, I don't really believe in luck, but at the same time, I'm like, there's a lot of luck that goes into how successful the Giants are, and it's really, really weird. Um, mm -hmm. that it, that it just works out that way. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The off season was definitely a roller coaster. I was definitely, um, excited when, uh, we were theoretically signing arson judge. Um, but then, uh, <laughs> we, uh, that I didn't, I didn't think we'd get him. to be perfectly honest. I didn't think we were going to get judge because I was with you. Like who's going to leave the opportunity to be captain of the Yankees. Like yeah. the, probably nobody. You're uh, getting your name on the back of the bullpen. It's just too much. Like, uh, yeah, there's to way up. too much. There's way too much history there. Like the Giants are a historical franchise. Don't get me wrong, but like they're not. Uh, let's be honest, they're not at the same level as the Yankees in terms of just the historical nature of them. Um, us as fans, we would probably argue a little bit that, but globally around yeah. the, the league and, and whatnot, uh, probably not as much pull as, as the Yankees history, but, um, but yeah, I liked it. I, I really liked the pitching 
pickups. I really liked yeah. uh, Taylor Rogers now coming over uh, with the, um, I keep joking that it's going to be like the Rogers twins powers activate kind of thing. And hopefully, <laughs> uh, hopefully Tyler has a better year as well um than he did last year like he i every time he came in from the bullpen last year i'm just like oh geez like i don't know what's gonna happen um and so having his brother there i think that'll be really really cool uh having both guys there uh for a solid bullpen uh doval is still there who's gonna continue to mature and get better um and so i i do think our bullpen's in pretty good shape i'm kind of curious to see where ross stripling ends up uh, in terms of how, how many starts will he get? Is he going to be in the bullpen? Um, and is he like, what kind of, what kind of role is he going to play? Because we do have a lot of pitching, um, just in terms of bodies, like, obviously that'll, yeah. that'll fluctuate for the season. But, um, I liked the Manea pickup. Um, I know, uh, Yankees fans are kind of bitter about him, but, uh, picking him up at the trade deadline last year, but, uh, he's a solid pitcher. I like him. Um, we'll see how, uh, Hanager and Conforto, uh, do in terms of their health, like you said. Um, and then I, uh, just as, just as important, I was really impressed with the off season departures, to be honest, like the, the not, yeah, not going after Radon, uh, in terms of, uh, as soon as he opted out, not going there and being comfortable with Logan Webb now being the ace and kind of taking over that role, which I'm super excited for Logan Webb, uh, super high on Logan Webb this, this year. Um, but then also like letting some of those veterans go that have been there a long time, uh, with Evan Longoria with, uh, who hasn't, wasn't there a ton of years, yeah, but know. was, was an important veteran. And, but Brandon belt was the one who shocked me that I was actually really proud of the giants of being like, okay, like this was really, really great while Brandon belt was here, but it's time to be done. Like, yeah. and, and I was, I had a, I had mad respect because I was on the, no offense to Brandon belt. Like I love him as a person, but like as a ball player, I was always like, why are we paying this guy $18 million? Like this is, he's not like a stud first baseman that should be making that, that amount of money. Um, Yes, he was a leader. Yes, he was like he did other things that don't show up on a scorecard. But um, I was definitely on the the bandwagon of oh, Belt should have been gone probably a few years ago. And so wish him the best in luck in Toronto. I really hope he has a phenomenal year coming back from injury for Toronto. I wish him the best. But I was I think I was that's really, a good landing spot for him as well in Toronto. I, I do too because he's not going to be playing every day. He's going to be have the opportunity to be a veteran presence uh, for uh, for Vladdy Jr. and and what not and kind of teach him because he was he was a decent fielder like i think that'll help um uh vladdy a little bit uh to continue to improve in that area um and just being yeah a veteran presence a left-handed bat off the bench and and whatnot because he, he does do pretty well pinch hitting and so um that that i think is a great landing spot for him i'm happy for him i hope he does great uh, especially coming back from injury. I don't ever want to see a player have to end their career because of injury. Um, and so, yeah, super excited for him. But I was also proud of the Giants to be like, all right, like let's let's part ways amicably and and let's let's go ahead and let our um our so-called captain <laughs> go uh and uh and, and let him pursue other things. I'm I'm curious to see how Evan Longoria does now with the Diamondbacks this year and uh again being a veteran presence in in that locker room with all the young talent that they have. Um so yeah, so I I was I was 
fascinated by the departures just as much as I was fascinated by the the signings. And so that was that was really, really interesting to me. So offseason, very eventful. I'm with you. I think the Correa thing will be a blessing in disguise. I think that that will... Um, because, yeah, he was not like a Trey Turner or a Xander Bogarts or that sort of level of superstar. Like, is he a great player? Yes. Is he an all-star? Yes. Is he an all-time 10-year anchor of your lineup? Probably not. Um, and, and so I was I was pretty okay with that not happening. I would have been excited for him if, oh, if, me he, too. if he played for the Giants, but... Um, yeah, it, it was definitely one of those things where it's like, all right, like I'm I'm okay with it and and whatnot. So I'm excited for this. So let's move on to kind of 2023. What are what are you most excited about? What are you looking forward to seeing uh, on the positive side of things? Let's uh, like I've said multiple times to you, uh, I'm an eternal optimist. So <laughs> best best case scenario, what are you looking for this year? Obviously, we're we're going up against the Padres and Dodgers still. So <laughs> it, it's going to be rough, but what are, what are some things that to get excited about this season? I think I'll go, I'll start with a player. I think the guy that if anyone who listens to fat boy fadeaway knows how much I love this guy. It's Lamont Wayne. He had a down year last year. I just love the way he swings the bat. He has a good eye. He's Brandon belt, but with, he has more speed. He's a little more athletic. Maybe not the defender, but I just I, I have a feeling he's going to hit like thirty bombs this year and beat play the and hit wow. the leadoff spot. I have, I I, th I thought he was going to be an all star last year. He had a little bit, bit of a down year, and then Thyro Estrada at second base. He's a good hitter. His defense sometimes, especially if he's playing short, leaves a lot to be desired. At second, sure, he's a little better. His throws are a little here and there, but those are the two guys. The right side of the infield, I expect that big years. And another guy, when he gets back from injury, they sign this offseason. Luke Jackson, the guy yeah. has the nastiest stuff, like top top closer type stuff. When he was on the Braves, I think in two thousand, he was on the team last year. But last time he pitched was a couple of years ago. Just unbelievable yeah. stuff. So those are the three guys, I guess, who I'm really looking forward to. I don't think we're gonna beat out the Dodgers or Padres if I'm being a realist. Those teams are just loaded from top to yeah. bottom, but I do think we can fight for that second wild card spot. Yeah, I I agree. I I do think that it's one of those things where it's like the the law of averages, right? Of like what <laughs> we had the hundred seven win season, and then we had like a mm. five hundred season, like. Law of averages say it should be an off year this year as they kind of get these new players in and kind of develop some of the young talent and whatnot. But the optimist in me is like, no, like we can fight, we can get in a wild card spot. Like I, I do actually believe that they could. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to pass the Dodgers and the Padres, but they could make a run at being the third team from the division to make the playoffs, which we've seen happen. We saw that happen with the NL East last year. Um, and so what, I'm looking forward to that as well. It's interesting. You took, you took my optimism and took it to another level with Lamont Wade, man. I like, I, he worries me. I'll be honest. Like really? I, 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 we'll he, he's I, one of those where I'm like, I, I hope he does well. He's a good dude. Like I, I hope he does well, but it's just like, uh, I'm like, I'm super iffy on, on how he does. I, I am excited to see, um, I, want to see a bounce back year from Brandon Crawford. I know he's getting up there in, in age. Um, but last year I did feel like, um, 
something just fell off. Like I don't like it wasn't his statistics didn't really plummet per se. Uh, they weren't great. They weren't up to his normal standards for sure. But like even his defense, which is something he thrives on, right? Former gold Glover. I mean, just even his defense seemed off and it was almost like I was, I was joking with my wife. I'm like, is this the Buster Posey effect? Like with, with Buster Posey being gone, like they were so close for all these years, like Brandon belt as well. Like kind of that, that trilogy of guys, um, like is like for lack of a better term, I don't know how close they are off the field, but like is his quote unquote best friend or whatever that's been on the team with him for so long being gone. Has that affected his mentality? And with them not being good out of the gate last year, has that kind of taken a toll on him mentally? And so I'm purely speculating, purely speculating at, at just like human nature and how I feel like I would feel if one of my best friends from the team is no longer there and we're not very good starting out the season, like that, that okay. I'm looking at that. I'm like, man, maybe like lost a step in motivation or whatever. Um, he's got a beautiful family that, uh, that he's, uh, just uh, a great family guy. And so, uh, I'm just like pure speculation. Like maybe his, his heart just isn't in it. Um, and, and that's what it, that's what it seemed like. That's what it felt like. And so I, I do think he got rejuvenated a little bit. And so I do hope that he has uh, a better season this year. And I would love to see that from him. And I just, I love watching him play the game. Like I just, I love watching Brandon Crawford play shortstop. Um, he's probably one of my favorite players that I've ever seen play that position. Um, not because he's flashy or anything like he does have flashes of brilliance, but he just, he's just solid and he's just really, really good. So, um, hoping for a bounce back year from him. That's, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. And yeah, what you said, finding, fighting for a wild card spot. I, um, one of our favorite players in, uh, in our home is, uh, Camilo, uh, Camilo Duvall, our closer, um, we all we all love him. He's got nasty stuff. I'm I'm curious to see how he matures a little bit more even this year and seeing how um, <clears throat> like he was he was good last year. Um, but can he now mature to the that next tier of closer? Right. Where it's like when he comes into the game, it is over. Like it is like shut down. Absolutely. Like, you know, when he comes into the game, the game is done. Um, like obviously not to, not to compare him to Mariano Rivera, but that type of feeling, right. Yeah. Like of this game is over as soon as he comes into the ball game. So those are, those are my two guys that I'm like, okay, this will be a really cool thing this year, uh, to, to kind of keep an eye on. I think touching on the Brandon Crawford thing, I think someone, when like Buster Posey leaves, I think it really hurts me, especially when he affects like your at bats because he hit behind or in front of Brand or Buster Posey a lot of times and he didn't have that protection. So I think it really yeah. did like, and then you lose a guy who you depended on for 10 years. Yeah, it had to take a toll at some point. And then Camilo Duvall just, you're right on, spot on, just nasty stuff. If he can just develop the demeanor to be the closer that Mariano yeah. Rivera has, which he probably won't get to that level, but just somewhere <laughs> right. close would no, be perfect. Yeah. It's it's a it's tall order to tell people like yeah get on Rivera's level come on yeah the guy who has a hundred percent Hall of Fame vote be like yeah that. exactly you can be at that level come on um, I'll throw this up this is a perfect transition into kind of what are we concerned about going into this season so uh, Fat Boy Fade Away kind of your home away from home here um, jumping in there so I'm assuming that's Darren that's jumping on there <laughs> uh, but uh, the lineup just continues to not look scary like where is Flores gonna bat like is is Wilmer Flores really are gonna be our three hitter um, stuff like that so what are what are some concerns you have going into this season. 
It's definitely the power in the middle of the lineup. And it's injuries with Conforto and Hanniger. If they're healthy, it's not a great lineup, but it's at least a deeper lineup. The yeah. whole, like, without them, their lineup is like Blake Sable and Bryce Johnson, who Bryce Johnson actually is I love them both, by the me. way. I, I'm excited yeah, I for both those players. I like them as well. They're at least they're young. You can put like they have some growing to do. And yeah. Bryce Johnson is fly. I, I he can I love watching fly. Him. Love I, watching. I, him I can't run. wait with the new bases, the new rules. He gets on base, it's going to be fun, especially in like the late innings. Just pinch run, Bryce Johnson. You're on second oh, base yeah. almost. Yeah, but it's the depth of the lineup. It's just not very long, deep, or especially without Hanniger. And yeah, we'll see how that goes. But that's my biggest concern: the lineup and how deep it is from one to nine. My, my biggest concern is lineup related, but kind of in a different thing. So I, my biggest concern is how much platooning are we going to see? Like how it's Gabe Kapler. We're getting a lot. I know. I like that. Does he, (laughs) does he stick with it or does he adjust a little bit to how train wreck it was last year? Like it just seemed like every time there was like, it almost felt like every time the wrong lineup was out there, like it is what it felt like. Like I know, yeah, I know yeah. the stats don't necessarily bore that out, but because they did finish 81 and 81. So you figure 50, 50 shot is what he got last year. But the, that being said, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the way Gabe Kapler operates. Like that'll become clear. If you're watching this show, I'm not a huge fan of Gabe Kapler, but um, he has, I am potential- a huge fan of him if they get in a, a, a brawl and, Yes, <laughs> right. That's the only time. I, yeah, Man- yeah. Manager on manager, he could probably take anybody in the league. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I'm not a big fan of his. I wasn't a big fan of the hire after Bochi. Um, and but I will say that I was not a fan of the Bochi hire when it first started. Um, I was not a big fan of Bochi coming in, and he won me over. I mean, three World Series will do that. But it's impossible the- not to at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so he Bochi won won me over, even so, though some of his mannerisms still bugged me. Bochi won me over. Kapler can totally do that. Um, I'm not putting it outside of the realms of possibility. I think he's a good dude. Like I do see him, um, like his care for his players. I do see, like I do see some of those things that that do that could make a good manager. Um, I just think he is very much too big on the mixing the lineup on, like way too much. Like it's a, it, it, there's there's way too much platooning going on. I think as a as a ball player, as a former ball player myself, like baseball is about rhythm, right? Like there's, there's routines, there's rhythms, there's timing, there's those sort of things. And when you're coming to the ballpark every day, not knowing where you're going to play a la Wilmer Flores, Tyro Estrada, like those guys that can take a toll on you. And that, that, and like, if he runs it well and Kapler runs it well, and those guys do know where they're going to be play every day, even so, changing it up every single day to where you're playing something different every single day takes a toll on you. Like there's a a rhythm. It's hard to get in a rhythm. There's reasons why super utility players are just that. And they never ascend to uh, a la, like I'm going to show my angels background here. A la like Sean Figgins back in the day, or like those, those type of guys who just are gifted in so many different um, positions you it's almost like a detriment to where you don't get to get in a rhythm. You don't get to stay at your position over and over and over again. And so that's my biggest concern is can these guys get in a rhythm with the way Gabe Kapler operates? Um, And I think if guys get in a rhythm and they're not at like 
number two in the lineup one day, number seven in the lineup another day, second base, shortstop, first base, third base, like bouncing around as much. Like, basically, I just want to see that not take so much of a toll on guys because I did feel like that was the case last year, that all that moving around really took a toll on all those players uh, that were doing that. And so, again, that's just outside looking in, but uh, that's the point of this show. This is a fan-based show where we don't have any like insider info or anything like that. That's just from the outside looking in. That's kind of my opinion that I'm concerned about is, yeah, where are guys going to play? Can they get into a rhythm? And is Kapler going to do better <laughs> at, at that aspect? I'm with you. As far as, do you feel, this is the whole baseball question in general, I'll let you answer it while I ask yeah. the question. Do you feel like managers have just become puppets to the up, like the higher up, the they tell the guys almost who they're going to play. At least I, I feel like that's how at least the good managers maybe get some say. I feel yeah. like that's just the way baseball has gone the last, like since the Billy Bean era of I, mean? I think that if this is getting into psychology a little bit, I think if the GM is not comfortable in their own positioning, that they are hiring guys that they can do that with. Um, not you saying feel that's like Gabe Kapler is one of those players, coaches, um, managers. Because yes. I don't think Farhan is in, in, in a – I mean, he kind of is in a – he has to win now, but I, he seems confident in who he is as a president. So I do, job, I, do say, I do think that Kapler was I, – I, I don't put him fully into the puppet category, but mm -hmm. I will say that I believe he was hired by Farhan to execute Farhan's plan. If that I makes agree sense. With that um, so, yeah, I so I don't think, I do think that he has control over the lineup day to day and he's in the clubhouse and he's got that control that a manager should have. But I don't, I do think that he was brought in to execute Farhan's plan. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, and I do think that if, um, again, getting into psychology, I do think that there are more GMs right now that go that route than GMs who don't. Um, I do think that teams are better. The the better teams have the do have a little bit of a, of tension there. Of the manager is like I mean we saw it with uh, Joe Madden right last year mm -hmm. of that that Joe Madden was had a difference in philosophy from the front office and uh, or not necessarily a difference in philosophy but a difference in philosophy of how to um, employ his uh his analytics and whatnot yeah. um i think matt i think joe madden is one of the best managers in baseball i think it's a shame that he got let go um but is he back the, managing anywhere right now uh not currently i th that i'm aware yeah, of but i i read his book and it was his book is super fascinating by the way i i highly recommend it the book of joe um and it's super fascinating just to hear his background and his story in baseball is, is really cool but seeing him um leave the angels was was, was pretty um was pretty bad because i do think that he does have that thing where um like no i'm gonna run my team my way kind of thing and but i like the way that he does it he had he had that balance of analytics and baseball sense and gut and human nature and psychology and all those sort of things that go into being a great manager um 
other guy, uh, Bobby Cox was another one for a long time where he was kind of at the tail end of his career when analytics started coming in, but he was still very, you could tell he was still very much like, Nope, I'm going to, we're playing. Oh, baseball. he was running it his way for sure. He was yeah, exactly. having someone come down call him or something like that. Yeah. And, and so I do think there's managers out there that still do that. Um, and still have that mentality. And is the GM comfortable enough in their own position and their own ego to be able to, uh, allow that and to be like, Hey, this is, we've got all these statistics, analytics, this whole team and whatnot that most teams have now, how here's your tools. You employ it how you need to is more the attitude that I look for in a GM, not a, Hey, this is the idea, which I feel like is one of my concerns this year with Farhan is, Hey, we're doing it this way. Employ it this way. Use it this way. Like almost to the extent that we saw in the movie Moneyball, like, Hey, run it this way like Brad Pitt's character or his his version of Billy Bean is like hey I gave you these players you employ them this way or you're not going to be here kind no. of thing like that that kind of intensity it's like no like be a little less fragile with your ego and let the manager do his job um and and I don't see that really from Farhan um I I do see that more Farhan like I, I could be wrong, but again, yeah. outside looking in, like it, it does look like, hey, we're we're building things this way. Yeah. Um, I do think that that was something that Theo Epstein did really, really well with the Cubs. Like, hey, we're going to build it this way, but on the field, it's still the manager's job. Like, I think Theo Epstein is one of the most gifted uh, guys in a front office. Uh, yeah, for sure. So he's not in a front office. But, um, so anyway, yeah, long tangent line. I'm, I'm huge into mental side of the game. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking forward to and, and what we're concerned about this year. Let's jump into, uh, kind of our little segments here that, that we want to jump into. So Tyler, you take it away with, uh, your kind of statistics and, um, I'm super fascinated by this. So, uh, jump into, uh, your, your giant statistics special for today. Um, first I already mentioned, I'm the biggest Barry Bonds fan there is mm -hmm. forever. Well, always defend him. He's the best baseball player I've ever seen. Ken Griffey Jr. has 99.3, Hall of Fame vote. Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame. Bonds had 1,300 more plate appearances and made 85 less outs. Let 85 less outs make that. That's incredible. Sense. I love that stat. Just insane. Um, but moving, but what I really wanted to get in is how the Giants have replaced Barry Bonds or haven't replaced Barry Bonds. <laughs> yes. Um, so their left fielder since Bond's last opening day was 2007. In 2008, they had Dave Roberts. 2009, they had Fred Lewis. Remember, a good old Fred. Love Fred Lewis. Was, 2010 was Mark. He had a great Mother's Day in Colorado. I remember that. In 2010, <laughs> it was Mark DeRose. In 2011, Pat Burrell. 2012, Aubrey Ave. 2013, Andres Torres. 2014, Mike Morse. 2015, <laughs> the great Dory Aoki. Uh, 2016, Angel Pagan. 2017, uh, Jarrett Parker. 2018, Hunter Pence. 2019, the great Colorado Rocky, Connor Zoe. 2020, <laughs> Alex Dickerson. And 2021 with Doc Peterson. This year, who knows with the injuries, who they're going to put out there Oof, in yeah. the platoon with Garrett Cole on the mound. They're probably going to put a lefty. Could be Peterson again, maybe break the streak. And then the three, four hole hitters since then, I'm just going to go real quick. Have, yeah. These are the three, four hitters who have started opening day for the San Francisco Giants. Darren Ruff, Doc Peterson, Donovan Solano, Evan Longoria, Pablo Sandoval, Corey Dickerson, Buster Posey, Andrew McCutcheon, Hunter Pence, Angel Pagan, Aubrey Huff, Fred Lewis, Benji Molina, and Randy Wynn. 
Those are your replacements. For Fred Lewis as a three four hitter just makes my head hurt. Like <laughs> a lot of these guys. <laughs> Corey Dickerson opening days in the three four hole. Ugh, yeah, yeah. That's a little. Yeah, that's a little rough. Um, yeah, I think no, no pun intended. You said Darren Ruff was in there too, but uh, <laughs> the yeah, the they just have not. I I'd argue like, uh, well. You had Posey for for a long time. Posey's yeah. definitely superstar status. So yep. I was gonna. I almost said like they haven't really had a superstar. But let's be honest. As much as we love Buster Posey, he's not Barry Bonds level. Come no. on, like so, uh, like different positions. I know the differences. Don't get me wrong. I am a bus, Buster Posey. We love Buster like, Posey here. I love Buster Posey. I hope he gets in the Hall of Fame first ballot. Like, but the um. He's not Barry Bonds. Like, <laughs> let's just no. let's just be honest. So, yeah, since since Barry Bonds, they just haven't had that type of power in the lineup. Both, both in terms of just power of homers and and production, but also in terms of just star power. Like, I mean, I don't think even with Buster Posey, I don't think like around the league, people were people weren't coming to see the San Francisco Giants for Buster Posey. Like I don't they, even think people in San Francisco were coming to see Buster Posey. They were coming <laughs> to see those good Giants. I think the only draw they were coming to see the good Buster team. Posey left was Tim Lincecum. He every fifth day, if it was a home game, yeah. his, I think the numbers would spike a little bit when he pitched. But yeah. outside of that, I don't see like a draw for especially to put on ESPN and like be like, oh, this is why we're going to play the yes. show this team. Uh, yeah. Whereas opposed with with Barry Bonds, like you're you're seeing him on Sports Center every single night. Like yeah. it's just, or, or on MLB tonight or, or whatever, like the, the, yeah, it's just not, we just haven't had a draw like that. That's a better word uh, that you used. Uh, we haven't had a draw like that since, since bonds. Um, mm-hmm. And we would have had it with judge probably um, probably not Korea, but no. uh, with, with judge, we probably would have, especially um, with, with the power numbers in that ballpark that he probably could have put up. But um, but let's that's actually a perfect uh segue into uh this week. We've got opening day this week. We are finally here. We have opening day on Thursday. I am super pumped uh for opening day. Um, and so we are taking on the Yankees opening weekend, which will be I I, I had it circled, like especially if Judge would have signed with the Giants. Like, oh, yeah. oh my goodness, it's in New York. That would have been sick. Uh, but all that to say, we we get to face against uh, uh, Judge this week. We've got uh, Garrett Cole versus Logan Webb for the opener, which will be phenomenal. I love opening days for the pitching matchups. That is one of my favorite things about opening day because all the aces are out, man. Yeah. All like I absolutely love opening day because you're guaranteed to get a good matchup. And so, what do we see happening with uh, with the Yankees series this weekend? I mean, I. I think we'll, we, I don't know. It's baseball. I, I, I will be competitive. I imagine. I don't know. It could go anyway. I really, it's hard to, uh, I hope we get two out of three. I can't imagine sweeping them. And as long as we don't get swept, it's fine. Move forward. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other and get healthy. And the, it's hard to do like the guess what's going to happen. Garrett Cole is going to come out throwing hundred miles per hour. That <laughs> I can promise right. you that on opening day, but he can be hit. He's been hit the last couple of years. So we'll yep. see how it goes. I don't know. We'll see, see how his grip does this year. Yeah. Exactly. How much grip does he have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. How much grip does he got? 
Oh man. I I'm excited. I, I really do have a lot of faith in Logan Webb. Um, th this year, I think he is ready to be the ACE. And so I am, uh, really looking forward to seeing him pitch on Thursday. Um, I am super pumped for this series to get the Yankees series right off the bat, uh, for the season. Um, yeah, if we can steal a couple, like I, I think we'll win one at least. Uh, yeah. but if we can steal a couple, I think that's a really good start to the season. Um, and, and a strong start to the season playing on the road in New York, like that's tough. Um, and so I think that that'll be, uh, really, really cool. I'm excited for that series. Um, I, I do like the little undertones of, oh, well, judge is playing this team that he spurned, but, um, I don't think it'll affect anything, but it's just kind of fun to think about. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I thought the most intriguing question I posted on Twitter is: Will the Yankees end the season like they or start the season like they ended the last year? Will Judge be getting booed in New York pinstripe? <laughs> oh, it's, right, because you have Yankees. Okay, so sidebar, yeah. guys. Like, so we have at, at Variety Sports Network over on our uh, kind of parent uh, station, so to speak, with VSN Baseball. Uh, we have a show called Seventh Inning Stretch, and so we brought everybody from v Variety Sports Network, including Tyler and I, on there, and we were all assigned a team to root for this season. That's not our own team, so we, so Tyler and I couldn't get the Giants, and so we were assigned random teams from a randomized spinner. There's been arguments how random it is, but they seems rigged to me. Yes, felt a little rigged. Not gonna lie, uh, or that there was a microphone attached to it or something picking up some of our our takes or whatnot. Yeah, but Tyler has gotten the Yankees, so uh, it's gonna be really funny to see Tyler follow the Yankees this year. Uh, I got the Nationals, so I got the worst team in the league from last season. Uh, so that's uh, like my thing is like I I guess I can root for the young guys. I don't know, but um. So yeah, so just sidebar. That's what Tyler's referring to. Of uh, he's he's got a he's got to follow the Yankees a little bit this season, which will be fun. So um, jump into that. All right. So that being said, any anything else we want to talk about uh, going into this opening week before I jump into our last segment here? Beat LA. Beat LA. Beat LA. Um, they don't play LA for the opening. No, week. Don't we don't. Oh well yeah, we don't play. We don't play the Dodgers till week two. We do have uh, the White be... Sox. We do have the White Sox this week, and we have a kid who is on the White Sox. Grew up in my hometown, playing with my same little league, Andrew Vaughn. Who oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, he's a big. I'm a big fan of his. I collect his autographed baseball cards. It's the only card That's I collect. Cool. I'm just trying to collect as many as possible. It's he really should... cool to watch him play baseball. He should be good. I got to see. Uh, like I said, we were at spring training yesterday. We watched the White Sox and A's, and uh, and it was. It was the White Sox were fun to watch. We'll we'll talk about them more uh, in our episode next week. So join us next week when we preview the week. We'll talk yeah. about the White Sox and the Royals, uh, who the Giants are playing that week. So um, that what do means, you think of us opening up against the AL like three straight here? It's just it, it is it does feel weird. I'm not gonna lie. Like not not opening against like the Dodgers or the Padres or the Diamondbacks or something yeah. like that. Like it does feel weird. Like this whole new schedule. That's something I am looking forward to. We didn't touch on it earlier. That is something I'm looking forward to uh, this season. Is to see how this new balanced schedule where everybody's playing everybody um kind of works itself out. Cause yeah, you can't you can't beat up on the teams that are in your division. You also can't, especially with our division, like I've always said it's like the black and blue division, right? You just all these teams just beat up on each other so much. Um, it there's not gonna be yes, there's still more divisional games, but 
not as many as there have been in in the past and we're playing everybody. So we do get to take advantage of some of the crappy teams. So um, that'll be, it'll be interesting to see how everybody, how this new schedule affects everybody, not just the giants. Um, but yeah, it does feel a little bit weird. Not, not starting in the, in the NL West this week. Um, but like I said, I love, I love the historical context of the Yankees and giants playing each other. The, these two New York teams uh, playing against each other. Um, a la the back in the forties or whatever, when, uh, when they could play against each other, uh, cross town and, and whatnot. So, um, that being said, Hey, perfect segue. <laughs> uh, we'll jump into uh giant's history and I'm not, usually I'll do something like this week in giant's history, like looking back at this particular week of the season or a particular day that week that with our first, it being our first episode and with us encouraging people to come in, even if you're not a huge giants fan, you don't know everything about the franchise or anything like that. I did just want to touch on kind of where the giants started, how they started. You can impress your friends who maybe aren't as big giants fans as you are. Um, but I just wanted to touch on kind of how, how the giants started. And it's just kind of cool. Like, they got purchased. So the Giants started back in 1883. The owner had actually actually combined a couple of uh, baseball teams that he had and actually combined them into making the Giants. They were not called the Giants at that time. They started out as the New York Gothams, uh, which I think is interesting. And I want to do a deep dive into that of um, uh, Batman lore, because I'm like, is that where they got Gotham City and all that sort of stuff? Like, it's super fascinating to me, because apparently Gotham's been a thing way longer than Batman. So I'm like, sounds like a thinking baseball topic. Yeah. Something like, uh, like baseball names and where did they come from <laughs> or something yeah. like that? Cause obviously 1883 it predates Batman. The comic books? So yeah. yeah. I think so. so I'm like, interesting. So anyway, that aside, I'm just fascinated by that, by the name uh, of where they came from. They only had that name for a year though. So they, they did change it uh, the year after that to the giants that we all now know and love. Um, and that kind of came from the owner. The owner was talking like he loved his baseball team. Right. And just always referred to his players as my giants. Like that's kind of how he always referred to them and it just kind of stuck. And so they ended up uh, kind of, they ended up changing the team name to the giants been that way ever since kept that name even moving from New York to San Francisco in 58 um, and has just been great. And I love that they did that. I love that actually for the Giants and the Dodgers, even moving from New York where they were based and kind of where they got those names, moving over to the West Coast, they st still keeping those names and keeping that historical context um, is really, really cool, especially for the Giants and Dodgers. It's by far my favorite um uh, rivalry in sports is the Dodgers and Giants. I just absolutely love it. I think it's fun, um, especially since I have so many friends who are Dodgers fans. Uh, it's just a lot of fun to uh, to talk about that. I'm sure we'll talk about that in another episode that we when the Dodgers come to town. Uh, but that being said, there's your little history lesson for today. Used to be the New York Gotham's in 1883, and now then they transferred over to the Giants. Uh, once the owner kept referring to them as my giants all the time. So there's your little tidbit of, uh, in, of being able to impress people. <laughs> go tell your uh, friends. You can tell them tell where the friend. giants have come you from. You can tell them where the giants hey, another came quick from. little fact is when the giants and Dodgers moved out West, the Mets stole the colors of the giants orange and the Mets blue. They did. The Mets color. 
So yeah, so on that topic, we did here at VSN. If you go follow VSN Twitter, it's up at the uh, up at the top of the screen there. But the uh, also follow VSN Baseball. So VSN Baseball, we did a March Madness thing for all the different logos, and I was very adamant from the get go. I'm like, if the Mets make it past the first round, this whole bracket is a tragedy because. <laughs> Their logo is not their logo. They stole the Dodgers and the Giants logos. Mm. Like it's, they couldn't even like come up with their own logo. They stole the blue from the original. Like, stole the blue from the Dodgers. They stole the NY from the Giants. Like it's like they they don't get to win a a, a logo bracket. They stole it. So uh, anyway, that's just kind of my soapbox, <laughs> but. Anyway, so yeah, go check us out. So uh, just a couple of plugs here at the end. Go check out Fat Boy Fadeaway with uh, Tyler and uh, Darren uh, with his co-host. And they do a phenomenal job. It's one of my favorite shows that I listen to. They cover kind of more all sports. Uh, they're both in the Bay Area. So lots of Warriors talk. If you're a Warriors fan uh, coming from uh, being a Giants fan as well, lots of uh, overlap there. Uh, so go check them out. Fat Boy Fadeaway is awesome. You can catch me at Baseball Thinking on Twitter. Um, I do uh, Thinking Baseball, which is all about uh, old uh, and the dichotomy of uh, what baseball is right now in terms of uh, new school versus old school thinking. So go check that out. That comes out every other week. And then go check out uh, Seventh Inning Stretch as well. I'm one of the co-hosts for that. Uh, and that's our general baseball show that you can check out with, I mean, uh, Tyler's been on it. Darren's been on it. Like we, we kind of have everybody on it at different times, uh, to where we're just talking baseball and what's going on in the league and different things of that nature with me and my co-host Josh Edwards, uh, who also hosts a show on this, this channel as well. So go check that out. You can hit Tyler and I up on Twitter as well. Tyler, what's your Twitter account? Uh, at Tyler MCG, no, no G MCUIRK. Uh, there we go. It, yeah, I think that's it. Um, <laughs> go search Tyler McGurk. You'll find him. <laughs> I have a football show. If you're a Giants fan, you might be a 49ers fan. TMB yes. on VSN football with Brian Johnson and my co-host from Fat Boy as well. Uh, Darren Breyer also appears regularly. Sorry. Yes. No, you're good. Absolutely. No, plug it. Uh, you guys do an amazing job. You guys are doing an awesome job on that, especially even in the off season for football. So um, go check them out. If you're a Bay Area person, you've got Warriors talk. You've got San Francisco 49ers talk uh, with stuff that Tyler is doing. Um, if you're looking for more baseball content, you can go check out uh, my stuff. And oh my gosh, like, yeah, we'll <laughs> turn throughout the Astros and D-backs made uh, the semifinals or made the, or made the finals. Sorry, not semifinals. We're in the finals right now. And the Astros and D-backs made it because it's all based on votes. So sounds like uh, Susie and Shelby are throwing the, throwing the Susie vote. and Shelby are using their weight, man. Susie and Shelby uh, host back that Astros up on this channel. And they're obviously a, an Astros uh, podcast. And so they're, they're, they're pulling their weight, man. So all right. Uh, any any final thoughts here, Tyler, before we sign off? Uh, no, I thank you for agreeing when I asked you. You want to do a Giants podcast? I picked you out for a reason. I appreciate all the hard work you put into this, and I can't wait for next week. Uh, go Giants, FLA. Yes, Dodgers. and we will be. Yep, we will be here uh, on April first. We will be here. No April Fools. We'll be here yep. Saturday morning, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll talk. Uh, opening day and how opening weekend went and opening week went. Uh, and then we will talk about uh, our next couple of um, 
not the next couple of series with the White Sox and Royals, and we'll be back with our stats and history segments. So thank you all for joining us. Have a great week. Peace.